0: I'd love to have a box too. Cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching, done. You know, uh, <laughs> you're like, what in the world? Uh, and this was before yeah. everything kind of went topsy-turvy for me, but I mean, you yeah, know, I don't regret it. Uh, yeah. I know I'm going to be, I'm looking forward to using it.
1: Me too. And then I had to, I, I picked it up on my drive home, but the problem is I still hadn't had the car repaired uh from being rear ended because the insurance companies oh, yeah. haven't oh, yeah, finished yeah. communicating, so I can't open the back of my car, so I had to shove that <laughs> giant box <laughs> through the back door of my car. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. everybody and welcome back to the aviation rc noob podcast my name is joe my name is matt and today we are on episode 62 multi-rotors no uh, multi-motor multi- multirotors are not the same thing my bad i misread that multi-motor that's what you get for typing something that looks like another word
0: well how about this is the hyphen make it better no <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about multi-motor setups today uh having more than one motor uh, a lot of planes um bombers specifically had more than one motor some of them had four my so, quadcopter
1: has more than one motor it does it's a
0: quadcopter too just like all the bombers okay <clears throat> i shouldn't say all the bombers that's not fair there's a lot of bombers that had two motors you, you mean
1: my? you mean my quad is a multi-motor just like the bombers it
0: is that's it
1: that's yeah. what i'm talking about you, you you said it was a quad just like the bombers they're quads. Some of them. Some. Yeah. So, some were hexes. No. Were they not? I don't think they're... I'm trying to think. I don't think...
0: Okay. I put it out to Google listeners. Please, no, 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 Look. Listeners, write in. Six let us know if you know of any six motor bombers. bombers. Uh-huh.
1: I've got one. Okay. What is it? Well... Oh. Well, that kind of defeats the challenge you okay, just Okay, well, put then now, how
0: about this? Joe Joe says he knows stuff. Uh, let's see if you listeners know. Uh, write in either through Discord or an email uh, or
1: snail mail if you want. I don't know where you can send it, though. <laughs> you can send it to Aviation RC Noob AviationRCNoobPodcastPlaza
0: on... At <laughs> GetThisInTheAir.com. Uh, 911
1: nine, nine uh, Noob Street... <laughs> <laughs> write it on the back of write your answer on the back of a $20 bill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Along with a list yes. of all of,
1: all of the components car you talk wish reference. you could have with the $20. <laughs> Finally got that car talk reference. I uh, know, right? It's fantastic. I know. We were talking about that before we even did episode zero. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, look, we, we might just do a whole theme. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll tell you what. We will answer that question next week. No. In the third part weeks. of the show? In the third half of the show? <laughs> yeah, the third half of the show. No, for real. I tell you what, uh, I have found A is the first result that came up. Okay. Uh I will I will do that as our next history segment.
0: And look, everybody who knows about the Hercules knows that there are eight motor planes.
1: Yes, but I wasn't going for the no the Octa Motor. That's a Yeah. So. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I will do. Uh, I've I've got this one sitting right here in front of me now. I'll do that for next episode's history segment. So I'll okay. make a note to myself. No, and that's in a that's a prop plane. Or are they jets? Yeah, is it?
0: Because there's there's a lot of jets that have. I mean, a, a jet is technically a motor, right? Let's not talk about that. Okay, it is a prop. Yep. Okay, good. That's what I was hoping for. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's one. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the podcast here um, is Aviation RC Noob. Uh, we're here to help you get started, get in the air, and stay connected. So, um, so, yeah, let's see if we can talk about the benefits and drawbacks of having more than one motor on your plane. Um, especially some, some of the people have uh, in the forums have been mentioning something about uh, putting together a bunch of planes with more than one motor. And they just had a couple questions, thought it might be worthwhile to, to talk about it, and I thought that was a good plan.
1: Well, fortunately, Matthew is the man of the hour when it comes to having problems with multimotors. I'm so good so. at having problems with them. <laughs> uh, but I know uh, you're the one with the experience. Um, I've got ever so slight, and so I can always speak to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll, you'll be the one, I'm sure, covering the most of that. But... Before we get into all that, as always, or as most times, but we are always grateful, we want to thank our, Patreons, mm-hmm. uh, hey, thanks. our patrons uh, for continuing to help keep the lights on, uh, keeping the website going, and um, the fun things that go along with that. So if you're interested in joining our patrons, you can go over to patreon.com slash aviation yep. Um we have no minimum sign up values. There's no special content. Well, I won't say there's no special content. There's no nothing gated that is overly related. The only thing that's behind the uh, the Patreon uh, wall at this point is just where I have still have not finished uploading all the show notes for all the episodes, but yep. our first half of the shows have their show notes uploaded. So just okay. so you guys can have a look at that. And then um we also have some build nights coming up.
0: Yeah, We actually um, just had a build night not too, far, not too long ago.
1: That's right. I was out of town for that.
0: That's right. You were. You were busy doing awesome stuff. Uh, and while you were gone, I had an awesome time uh, spending, uh, I don't know, we were, I was on there for six hours or something like that. I just decided it's time to do my best to get this glider done. Actually, I was getting it covered. And so I went from having a plane with a lot of holes in it to having a plane with no holes in it, which was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, you showed me a picture of it. It looks good. Yeah,
0: it's, I'm really excited. Uh, so and I uh, I have a motor now that has a spinner and a 16 by 8 prop or 16 by 10 prop, um, which is reasonably sized for that size glider <laughs> it's overpowered hmm. it's overpowered and matter of fact jesse uh chimed in the one day he goes what are you guys talking about you, you you didn't do you're oversizing the prop on your glider it's one and a half times the power ratio you're supposed what, what are you doing and i said well look it's just what i had and i, I think it'll work well and he's like no it's, it's fine but hmm. you know when you went over the watts per watts per pound and all that kind of stuff and how much thrust you're supposed to have he's like mm-hmm. you know the glider's supposed to have like almost like half To one ratio, and you're looking at one and a half to one. What are you doing?
1: So yep. So thank you, Jesse. (laughs) Speaking of Jesse, and thank you, Jesse. Jesse's actually in channel with us right now as we're recording. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Hey, Jesse,
1: listening in. So we we do still have the podcast recording channel set up so that folks can pop in while we're recording and just Mm -hmm. listen. Yeah. So just Um, anyway, we have a couple people pop in periodically.
0: And if you're listening to this, and you joined in the previous night um, between 8 and 11 on the 4th, well, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, we, we're doing a build night then, or we did a build night then, and we have one coming up in December on Friday the 2nd between 8 to 11 p.m. Is uh, the current plan. That's the current plan. So that's the one next one coming up, uh, and Joe and I should both be there. And then, you know, we're hoping to do maybe a bring in the New Year's or something close to that Um mm-hmm. As we just kind of celebrate the new year where we just build some planes and have a good time talking mm-hmm. to the community. So, uh, yeah, join us if you can for any one of those. We'd love to have you. Uh, there's a lot of great discussions about the hobby, uh, and I, I love getting to see what people are putting together. Um, sometimes it's not uh, aviation related, and most of the times it is, though. Like uh, one of our guys, he builds um, he builds bikes, um, and he got to show us what he was doing with some of his bikes. That was really cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you get a little bit more than you bargained for sometimes.
1: Sorry, you caught me mid-sip.
0: No, that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so so those are the build nights coming up. I'm trying to think, are there any other big community events or anything like that that uh, we need to mention right now?
1: Mm, I don't suppose so. Okay. I, mean, I guess I guess we could put a, put a shout out to say um, if you want to... If you want to write in and let us know what, uh, because we're trying to kind of catch this one a little earlier than we did last year, Um, while we won't necessarily be doing like a Thanksgiving or Christmas themed episode, um, if you want to leave a Thanksgiving or Christmas themed um, comment, feel free to leave a comment and say, you know, around Thanksgiving time, this is what I'm thankful for, or coming up on Christmas, here's what I'd love if Santa brought me. Yeah. We'd be happy to read those on air. That'd be fun. Excellent. Well, not before. That, not that I don't imagine we have very many husbands and wives who listen. So. No, no, no.
0: Yeah. So no, no. it'll be secret. Let us
1: know what you want for Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm not Santa.
0: And then you just tell tell your <laughs> spouse um, or, or whoever uh, to come and listen to this episode that we, we air it. And then they'll know what you
1: need. There we go. That's it.
0: Anyway, um, all right, so we, we have a bunch of uh, community comments uh, on the last couple episodes that I'd love to read, but I think before we do, we usually start off our episodes talking about what we've been busy doing in the last couple of weeks. Um, if you don't mind me, Joe, I'd like to just do a quick start off on that.
1: Go for it. Mine's um, pretty short.
0: Yep. and Mine's not going to be terribly long. Um, last, about a half, uh, two weeks ago? As of the recording of this thing, uh, we're uh, recording a little bit yeah. before Halloween. Um, I was I had resigned from my position at my current company, so I'm in between jobs. And what I always forget, I always think, oh, it's going to be great. I'll have all this time to do these things that I've been waiting to do. What I keep forgetting is that finding a new job is a full-time job and then some. So, um, so really taking that time on the build night last time was really the first time and the only time since pretty much that I've built anything. So, uh, my progress was, uh, getting the gliders, uh, <clears throat> getting the film on and getting it, uh, taut. And it's, uh, it's looking really good. So at this point, uh, I'm looking to mount a motor and <clears throat> connect electronics and, uh, figure out how I'm going to fasten the wing down specifically. Um, but just a couple little last items and I should have it up in the air. Um, I'm hoping really soon as we hit hit the part where we're about to scoot back an hour, I think. That was a fallback, right? So we're gonna go back. Uh hopefully giving us a little bit more daylight before all of it goes away for the whole winter. Um, and which to, I'll tell you what, it will make me very glad to have those lights in there and I spent all that mm-hmm. time on it. So um anyway, so I'm hoping that next time we talk, um to everybody that I'll have a success story of it being in there. Uh, Other than that, I've got, um, I I made a full side, like a 60 inch, I think, uh, a Purie. So a five and a half foot pury, which is uh, like a flying wing that looks kind of like two, um, what are those helicopter things from the uh, maple uh, maple trees? It looks like if you were to glue those two together, that's kind of what the shape of the wing looks like, the flying wing. So I got one of those going. And uh, oh, that was the other thing I did. Uh, well I, I have uh, we talked about the uproar, um, and I put the designs on the paper. Well, I decided to cut them out at the end of the the bill night. So I have them cut out, and um, I'm looking to put them together. Um, so that's that's kind of what's that was the other thing that I kind of um, did and then you know working a little bit here and there on some of the planning stuff behind the website. Um, and that's kind of what we've been doing for me. That's what I've been doing in the hobby. Um, I'm hoping that I can kind of wrap up a lot of the job search stuff, Um, you know, as we all always, when you're in between, always trying to do it quickly. But um, I'm hoping that I can find the next position so I can, you know, stop doing that (laughs) and start focusing back on, uh, you know, back on the hobby and kind of getting back in it. I know uh, Kilroy 07, uh, Tim and I had kind of put like a little, uh, by the end of the month, good luck getting a manta ray, a big manta ray flyer up. And, uh, I thought I'd have plenty of time <laughs> and it turns out I didn't. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm still going to work on that project probably this coming month. So think of November as the Manta Ray, the giant Manta Ray month, mm-hmm. uh, like building, building a big wing there. So anyway, so that, that's what I'm working on and what I hope to be working on in this, probably this coming month. I think any more than that would be, uh, ambitious. Uh, what about you, Joe? What have you been up to? I know you've been doing some things. Uh, talking to you a fair bit.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I
0: appreciate that. By the way, appreciate the support.
1: No, it's, it's been good. Um, yeah, I, I, when you told me I hated it. Um, yeah, but you, you're, you're right in that it's a full-time job. And I think if everything you've told me is accurate, you're going at it harder and better than I did when I was in that situation. So, (laughs) well, thanks. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but as far as hobby stuff goes, <sighs> we're actually recording a week earlier than we normally would. So, the last episode just went up where a few days past that. So, there's not. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. So, one weekend, so the first weekend I had LARP that weekend. Uh, and then this past weekend, um, I'm trying to remember what I did this last weekend, it wasn't much. Um. I don't know. Well, you you went up to
0: your cousin's eagle ceremony, which was oh, awesome. That's so we what got a, it was. Yeah, we got a chance to get together physically and see each other. Now, we had ordered DeproN that came in. Like nobody knows about that. Li- lickety. Okay, then I, I didn't order any DeproN. Like a whole case, and ha- give half of it to you when you came up. Then. It right. didn't happen,
1: and I totally didn't twist your arm. No, I really did not twist your <laughs> no, you arm didn't. into buying it. You just said, "Hey, it would be cool." I'm looking at this
0: plane and having a like a big like I don't need a whole box of Depron, but like it'd be cool to have like the big sheets and like maybe half a box. And I'm like, "Sold." Okay, it's already in the thing. It's already on its way. And You're like, yeah, "What?" But
1: you were you were like, "Yeah, I'd love half a box too." Ching <laughs> ching done. <laughs> You know, well,
0: huh. uh, <laughs> you're like, what in the world? Uh, and this is before yeah. everything kind of went topsy turvy for me, but I mean, you know, I don't regret it. Uh, yeah. I know I'm gonna be I'm looking forward to using it.
1: Me too. And then I had to I, I picked it up on my drive home, but the problem is I still hadn't had the car repaired uh, from being rear ended because the insurance companies oh, yeah. haven't oh, yeah, finished yeah. communicating, so I can't open the back of my car, so I had to shove that <laughs> giant box. <laughs> Through the back door of my car.
0: I had no idea. Yeah.
1: I had to kick the passenger out of the front passenger seat so I could kind of wedge it into his seat and then twist it. It was a nightmare to get that into the car.
0: That I wish I was there to see it. (laughs)
1: I'm just going to say, I'm glad Dapperon doesn't have paper glued to the face of it.
0: I know, right? It's a
1: regular foam board. It'd been all jacked up.
0: Yeah. You. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you, Joe. I had no idea.
1: Your neighbors had to been looking like, what is this guy? Oh man,
0: they've seen weirder things out of me. They're just like that guy. I don't
1: know. (laughs) So yeah. Um. I may have meant, well, no, I haven't mentioned it because last episode is when it hit me. So during last episode, um, John Whitfield. um, Woodfield. Woodfield. There Mm -hmm. we go. I apologize, John. John Woodfield mentioned in passing uh, Jetworks RC. Right. And he so, said
0: he's got some buddies who who put together some pretty good foam planes, and re, who's referring to the Depron guys, those guys you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so we both kind of hopped on it real quick and just said, "Oh, cool." Um, and Boy, Joe, <laughs> Joe the, the, the said more than, <laughs> more than, more than said more than, "Oh, cool." He went, oh.
1: Yeah, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, it it's it hit me the bug. So, mm-hmm. so which one were Depron. you looking at? Uh, the F sixteen. Oh yeah the the fighting falcon i think yeah i think so um and then if if it works the way i think it is one sheet of foam board one sheet of depron will take care of the F16 which means i have nine more sheets
0: which means you'll build nine
1: more of them i mean come on uh, i'm just look, kidding <laughs> i don't i don't need i don't need 10 F16s no. i could do with a 20 uh, F22 yeah possibly a 35 maybe a B2 <laughs> we're well, we'll, stupid with
0: it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Well, we'll get you started.
1: Yeah, that'll be awesome. So, uh, I go to JetWorks RC. Have a look; they've got some good-looking stuff. They're not yeah. sponsoring us. Um, nope. You can buy the plans uh, similar to how we get our FT plans, and you can print them out or you can tile them. Uh, cut your parts out of Depron. We've talked to the Depron guys, so you know where to get the, where you, mm-hmm. no, no, no. you know where to get the Depron from. Hi, Greg. Um, yep. And then, um, they also sell the STL files for mm-hmm. the 3D printed parts that you'll need mm-hmm. to finish that up. And the the STL files are cheap. So, yeah, it, it's yeah.
0: Reason, It's like six dollars for all the ones you need, or something
1: close to that. Yeah, I think plans and STL files. I was all in like. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, my 16. god, I can't believe that. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, All right, dude. Yep. I'm, so I'm going. I'm going to get an EDF and you know that stuff. But was mm-hmm. uh, it take also, a, what what size was it seventy millimeter one seventy millimeter? Or? Uh, no, I think I think this one will size for the fifty and sixty.
0: Oh really? Oh, okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. I have to double check.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a couple good uh, fifty millimeters out there. You should get
1: if you're getting mm-hmm. one. So cool. Very good. Um. Yeah, so that's going to be a timed uh, a project that I want to take some time with because that one will take some sculpting and carving okay. and filling and sanding and I wanted to have I would want to paint that one nice. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, other things I've been doing, not spending too much time on that. Um, a while back, I was looking at the I may have mentioned in a previous episode, but I was looking at the CR Touch Auto Bed Level from three oh, D right. printer. Yeah. Yep. Um, and my wife just went ahead and checked out with that basket. So that came in, uh, got that put on my 3d printer (laughs) went to upgrade the firmware and proceeded to immediately mess up my 3d printer. Um, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the servo, the, the stepping motors wouldn't move. They just hum. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything with it. So, uh, long story short on that one, um, the, I basically had to do look up a YouTube tutorial on the Merlin um which I guess is the open source firmware for it. Yeah, yeah, the Mar- Marlin compli- I think. Yeah, Marlin. Mm-hmm. And how to compile that with the CR Touch. So I I had to build my own firmware, you know, from downloaded code and going in and adjusting the code to enable the CR Touch and then actually Uh, export the firmware and flash it that way so i know you had a 3d printer that was Mm -hmm. having some trouble so we'll link up sometime and i'll be able to do the code for yours as well
0: that'll be really cool it's one of those ones where they everybody says that when they uploaded when they updated the firmware on that specific model that things started working way better uh, in a bunch of different ways so um, it was one of those things I had probably about an hour and a half to deal with it and I couldn't finish it in that time. And then, you know, at that point I just got frustrated with so many other things. And I, I came back around to say, you know what, why don't I just buy this other brand that that's been, you know, everybody's touts is working well, which I, I have to agree with. I've had a lot yeah. of success, but I want to go back to that first one that I bought because it, it should work really well. I think part of the problems I was having with it was that I was looking, I had a sp- something in the spool for probably six months. So it had gotten all sorts of moisture in the filament and it Ugh. was sputtering and cracking and it was brittle. And I really should have replaced the filament is what I should have done. I'd given it another <laughs> go and then tried it anyway. So, um, well
1: when you go to do that, cause I know you're also having some bed adhesion issues and things like that. Um, <laughs> Jesse sold me on, I guess the, the magnetic build plate. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're cheap. It was like 11 bucks. And yeah. it's got this magnetic surface that you sticker onto the build bed. Yeah. And then the build plate is this flexible magnetic that magnetizes onto that. Right. And when I'm done printing, I take that off and I, and it, the bed like that build pad flexes. So I'm not going in there with a scraper scratching and di- I just, in the build plate and mm-hmm. the part goes, and it pops off. Yeah. it's right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a good solution to that problem. Um, yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. I'm glad that you have one. I, I always find like y- y- you start looking at all the accessories and you're like, Oh my God, I could spend as much on the, up uh, for accessories as I did on the printer. <laughs>
1: and, oh, yeah. I, and I yeah. feel
0: like at that point I'm, I'm defeating the, the value of the 3d printer. So that's, you know, at that point it's like well why don't i just buy a new one that has all that stuff um which is what i ended up doing for mine but no but things like that like either a glass plate build plate where you have the super flat plate um or the other one
1: yeah anyway mhm yeah and i can see where the super flat plate like the the glass surface could be desirable mhm um so i've started i have resumed uh, printing some of the model B parts. Okay. Um, although I started experiencing that stringy issue again because I was reverting to the original Codes. profile I yeah. had built. I had built for it, which was using their original settings. So I think I said I had backed the temperature off to two hundred five and increased retraction distance and speed. So I just got to go in and update those and mm-hmm. continue. They're not like. Critical parts, and it was only a couple. So I'll just clean the stringing up and not worry about reprinting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on how critical the look is at the end. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. imagining the, this first go is like, let's see if I can print one to make it fly. Yeah. Um, which, which may be not successful, in which case you would have spent all that extra time cleaning it up only to just have a tank in the dirt, maybe, which I hope it doesn't. I really hope it flies for a while before you have, mm-hmm. before you have too much fun and get it into the dirt.
1: <laughs> well, after I had after I finished printing the model B, I've also got a glider from them, and by them I mean Eclipsin. Okay. Um. So I've got the glider plans, but yeah, I gotta finish the model B. So now that it's up and running and the auto bed leveler is going, I got an extra roll of filament to go into it. I'm, you know, looking to just go ahead and I had to spend an evening and get all the the um what's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The the G-code files all crunched out for here's all the parts that I need to make and in, mm-hmm. in order and here's the ones I've already made and then just go ahead and start cranking them out. They'll take me probably another 5 days of printing to get them all done.
0: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Once I,
1: you know, sit down to do it. Okay. Good. Huh. Okay. Um and that's about it other than uh my wife did also order and i missed it completely at the time uh the two batteries for my phantom 3 pro oh yeah that i wanted to get and <laughs> i didn't realize she had ordered until well, one I of the advantage my...
0: <laughs> one of the advantages of
1: having uh stuff in your cart by accident yeah well she no she knew she was ordering it
0: no but i mean you you had it in there for like hmm this would be nice someday and she
1: didn't know like it was the this would be nice someday no, she did. We'd had the conversation where I was okay. saying, hey, I'd like to order. You know, I'm thinking about making this order. And she said, maybe you should hold off. And then suddenly they showed up. So, oh, okay. That was nice. Well, yeah, that's very nice.
0: Well, your wife's awesome. What do you want?
1: I, I looked out pretty good. Yeah, I know. I oh. definitely don't deserve her. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. So is there anything else that you've been uh, working on with the hobby? I mean, that's that's pretty full. I mean. You know, for, for doing stuff in the free time. Yeah, for
1: not having a ton of it. Right, exactly.
0: All right. Well, with that, I guess we might as well continue on with uh, community comments. Yeah, uh, and then we can get into the main stuff. And then we can get into the history. You said you had a little bit of history. Uh, I've got a little bit of news. And then uh, we'll get on to the main topic. So, All right. Um. So, Duncan... Uh, on the 21st said, he said, I just completed the, and this, this one really touched my heart when I read it, said, "Yeah, I've just completed the backlog, shows one through 60 mostly in order. I only started in late August, so that's almost a show a day. I'd like to say a giant thank you to you, uh, to Foamy, Foamy DM and Joe, um, so Matt and Joe, uh, the noob, um, the noob, I guess. And the learning curve has been steep, there's been loads more for me, loads more for me to discover, but your show has been invaluable as a fully immersive introduction to the hobby. And, uh, I think Joe and I both replied, you know, it's really one of the, probably the biggest, uh, one of the best ringing endorsements that I think I've heard. (laughs) And it honestly just makes us feel like that what we're doing here is, is, you know, making an impact.
1: Well, it's, so he sent that message and I saw it come in on discord because I was driving to work and I think I was just pulling out of the driveway when it came in. And I sat there driving down the road thinking, how do I respond to that? And then I was at, I think I was at a stoplight or something, and I glanced down to, you know, try to finagle a couple words, like maybe try to put something together. And I saw you were responding and I said, oh, Matt, has will have something. And then I called you afterwards. We talked about it, but that was, um, that was really nice to hear. Thank you, Duncan.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yankee 2003, uh, a couple days later, sent sent something in the show notes that said, uh, as my Bronco approaches completion, I'm about to fly my first aircraft. Um, I don't I think it's first twin aircraft is what he meant to say. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have covered building, flying your first twin aircraft, uh, differential thrust, no differential thrust, advantages and disadvantages of twin engine aircraft. I'd also like to know what the experiences and thoughts that Joe had with the sea duck, um, which is essentially what this, uh, which, what, what inspired this episode. I want to, so I want to thank you Mike for putting that comment in there. Um, and we did, we did cover a little bit of differential thrust and things like that. When we talked about uh, setting up transmitters and, and talking about motors and there's, it's been piecemeal throughout multiple different episodes in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was a, it's a good comment. I think, I also noticed there were a number of people who were building multi-engine airplanes, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of talk about that. So so thank you, Mike, for inspiring this episode. Um, Richard, uh, Spitfire76, said he enjoyed listening to John Woodfield, uh, the John Woodfield episode, last episode, uh, episode 61, uh, as your special guest on episode 61. And it wasn't uh, because he, he was a fellow Brit. Slope soaring is an area of the hobby that I have yet to experience, but appreciate The attraction of RC flying, uh, relying on nature rather rather than motor or prop, um, or motor and prop. I guess it must be similar to sailing on water, uh, which was wonderful. I I thought that was a good sum up. Um, Part Mm -hmm. of what I think what the attraction to slip soaring is to me is like, okay, let's get rid of most of the electronic junk and really just keep it to the bare minimum, um, like a minimalist uh, RC hobby. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, day later than that, Duncan replied or, or put in here. He said, "Yeah, uh, the episode was really good." Uh, he's referring to the episode sixty one. Is he? He, as in John Woodfield, makes it look so effortless and graceful in his videos. But it's hard to tell how much it, uh, how much of that is in the edit, and it sounds like it's not much. He lives just down the road from my parents, so next time I'm down there, I have to uh, go see the flying site. And sadly, that's a miles away. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what? Go visit your parents. Hurry up. (laughs) Yeah. What are you waiting on? Yeah. You don't have to go down like across a whole ocean. I mean, come on, you could do it. Tell us what it's about. Uh, Anyway. So, uh, he continues, says, sadly that's miles away from where I live. So I'm not going to be able to to fly there. Um, one minor thing, uh, on my download, there's a little glitch about one hour and 20 minutes in, uh, where the sounds was kind of overlaid for a bit. It's about a minute, minute and a half. Um, and he says, I don't know what that is, uh, if that's there in all of the episode or if it's just your setup. And the, the answer is, and I, I thanked him for for pointing that out for us. Um, sometimes we go through this episode and I think I was pulling um, one of the cutout segments, uh, either to be in the the beginning to kind of entice you in or at the end. And I guess it, it dropped a copy there and I didn't see it. So uh, we've since pulled it out and we're in the process of uploading the corrected audio. So I want to thank Duncan for that. That's a big help. So, mm-hmm. you know, having, having an, have an As exteriors
1: is, mm-hmm. uh, that export is now done. Okay, good. Um, you know, you, you did the edit. Thank you. Uh, I just had to render it on my end. And so good. perfect. it's done. It'll actually be uploaded here in a few minutes.
0: Yeah. So we, we apologize to anybody who had listened to it and went, Oh, what the heck is going on there? Um, we missed it and I apologize. Uh, but we got it fixed up, and hopefully future listeners won't have to hear that. And uh, thank you for pointing that out, because I don't think we would have caught it otherwise.
1: So thanks. No, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that, that's it for – well, that's it for the – there's a lot of comments Honestly, So we have a great community, and I want to thank our community again for helping it be so easy um, to maintain and, and keep as a positive, family-friendly atmosphere. And so all of you guys who keep sharing your builds and your – experiences and your efforts and and help kind of building a community that people want to stay in to help them keep in the hobby i really appreciate it it makes all the world to me all the world of difference to me and and some of the new some of the new kids uh, that we see come in and and have all these questions and it's great so thank mm-hmm. you um so a uh, little bit of news uh the faa it was something that i saw uh, one of our one of our good buddies um Bush RC. I think he posted uh, the FAA news: the first FAA-approved RID module, remote ID module, and we'll have a link to a YouTube video. And it looks like, according, it's like Drone Tag, I think, is the company. I'm not really sure. It looks like they're maybe Czechoslovakia or and I don't know, um, but it looks like it'll be 299 dollars or 299 Ooh. euro. Yep. As kind of, as predicted, remember we talked about it and I said it might be upwards of 200 bucks, no $50 thing. Like they kind of predicted way in the beginning, but, uh, you're right. Yep. Um, I figured it'd be a chunk of tech. Um, you have to, it's like something, you have a clip on you, you have to, a piece you put on the drone. The piece is relatively light and somewhat small. I would have to say it's this size of maybe a 500 size battery. Okay. Maybe, um, uh, just looking at it. I was trying to get dimensions and I couldn't I couldn't find them um, but they're there uh, so it's available and I'm sure we'll see more to come. hopefully they'll be able to kind of pull some of that price down a little bit. I don't know how much they'll be able to pull so um but that is news on that front
1: um, well as a as a couple more manufacturers get into the game and like anything, the first couple are expensive and then always as supply can catch up. Cause right now there's just going to be an absolute stupid amount of demand for it.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, those who want to so. comply are going to, or that's a lot of people I'm sure. And as mm-hmm. long as there's a solution for it, they're going to want to take part. And so one of the advantages of as much as it stinks, that it's $300 as a recreational flyer, you only need to have one. Yep. So it's basically you purchase it once kind of like buying a transmitter, you buy one and you don't have to worry about it for a long while. Just don't crash or lose that model. Although.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Although. You said it earlier.
0: Although, when I was looking through the video, uh, it looks like the app that you have to download and kind of helps it track and and whatever, you have the full flight path of where you're at, at superimposed over an overlay of like a Google Maps kind of picture overlay. You can find out exactly where your drone went down. So you should be able to find it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. All th- you know, cross the fingers. Hope hope that <laughs> works exactly like you, you think. Um, but you should have a pretty good record on your phone with you on your person, so you should be able to go out and retrieve it relatively simply. Um, I'll let you know when I lose my first one how that goes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it won't take long.
0: I'll tell you what, look. Oh, so that was one of the things I did. I, I, I forgot, I made my, my wonder. I, I took the Wonder Wonder, right, the Wonder Bread Wonder, and okay. I flew it. I gave it its maiden flight, and it flew out of my hand and flew around, and it went really well. I had a little bit of trimming to do, um, and I wasn't going to test it too hard. But one of the things I forgot to do when I was building it was put a little bit of Velcro inside the battery par- compartment. So I said this to myself— This is
1: not the first time.
0: No, this is not the first time. So, then, look, this is this is me never learning— Because, you know, I'm eager to get out and fly. And so I said, okay, well, I'll just pack it with like paper and stuff and like friction fit it in there. Well, I flew...
1: Not the first time.
0: Not the first time. No, again, because it worked so well the previous times,
1: <laughs> right? Maybe if I just pack it a little harder. Oh my god!
0: Anyway, so I got out there and I, I, I again, I did a couple uh, gentle loops and some little bit of maneuvers. Nothing crazy. Just kind of getting the feel for it. And it, again, it felt really good. The controls weren't um, very touchy. Uh, I'm sure I could make them a little bit more so, but one of the things there's very sh- small surfaces, so. It's not going to be like crazy agile. I mean, unless you really pump up the throws. Um, but it's a, good, it's a good flyer. It's easy to fly around. Uh, and it's not going to do anything too terribly unpredictable. Um, mm-hmm. I, as I was at the end of the field, I ended up doing kind of pulling up for a loop. And while I did that, the battery um, exhibited, what is that? Uh, Newton's first law of, of motion. Things in motion tend to stay in motion and the yeah. same trajectory uh, that they, so the battery kept going upwards and out while the plane continued on the loop uh, until the battery ejected and joined and the, the power out of the thing. And so then it basically continued on that loop and made its way to the ground. The battery ejected, well, I didn't see it. So I only learned after the fact that I'm like, well, I, based on what was happening, I'm like, okay, the battery's out, but I didn't see where it went. I couldn't see it on the video because the, the video camera was facing the opposite direction, which mm-hmm. means I have no idea where the battery went. It literally just well, fell into the dirt and it's covered up and I have no idea where it is. <laughs> so I lost a battery, which is really disappointing. But uh, I did fly it. It flew great. Um, I'm excited to get it back in the air. Um, but I realized that day that even though I probably could have repacked the battery, I put a new, the other battery in there and repacked it with stuff, that that was probably not a smart choice. Um, so I went home and uh, I haven't uh, dug out the other half of my Velcro uh, to, to put in the model yet. But anyway, just know that you'll probably hear me talk more about the, the, now this is a uh, um, not bloody wonder, but it's his, uh, his standard wonder design, um, Made out of foam board and it's fantastic. So thanks, Spawns, for putting that together. Maybe one of these days we'll see if we can have him come join us and talk about that um, as oh. we get a little bit further.
1: Speaking of uh, Spawns and the wonder. Yes. We were talking last time about what our uh, Flight Fest 23 uh, fly in plane essentially, yeah. what. What community build we wanted to do as like a gaggle or there's different terms yeah, that for you point or a, Yeah. Yeah, like where we did the Spitfire Fly in this last year. What what were we going to do this coming year? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's been a couple ideas presented. Um, the the crowd favorite at the moment does appear to be the wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a uh, very generous offer by Spawns um, that if, if we do the Wonder, um, then he'll figure out some sort of special variant of the Wonder to do spe- you know, specifically for that. release, so, yeah. yeah. So we it's d- something to look forward to there, but if the Wonder is not what those who are going to Flight Fest 23 are, yeah, you know, that's not your vote, come mm-hmm. to the Discord and you know, let us know, you know, give give us your thoughts. We've got a a channel for it now. Let us know because if there's any other thoughts, you know, we want to give them, but I think by next episode, we're pretty much going to lock this down because there's a lot of support for it and people are starting to get, you know, kind of excited. Yeah. Um, And I felt kind of bad for, (laughs) felt kind of rude to spawns uh, (laughs) because people are getting excited and I kind of, I meant to just tap the brakes and apparently I slammed the emergency brake on the conversation.
0: <laughs> I, I, and it's the thing is I, you know, when I read it, I just heard you just saying, Hey, you know, this isn't set yet. Just, you know, let's not go too far down this road until we've heard a bunch of the, you know, give, give the, give it some time to ruminate and have people who have other ideas join in too. Because not mm-hmm. everybody's seen this. Uh, but we appreciate the enthusiasm. We're excited to see where this takes us. And it was just like, Oh, I guess you guys don't like this. No, no. no. Not that we don't like it. We do like it. Actually, we're excited about it. We're exi- I'm re- really excited about how much um enthusiasm everybody had. But again, you know, there's other planes out there. And maybe somebody comes up with something that's like, Oh, I want to do it. and everybody's
1: like, Oh, that is a great idea. Yeah. And everybody, and their brothers like, you know what? Actually, yeah. Yeah. So if no, just, got an idea, yeah, you know, get it in. I'll say at this point, just because so much uh, excitement, I guess, has been about it. This episode is going to go up on the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, by uh, if we stay on this schedule, we'll be recording again on the eighth. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not how we yeah. do.
0: normally we do it in just in time recording. Um, yeah, and we're j- <laughs> trying. We're trying to avoid that a little bit, so uh, we're trying to get a little bit more proactive. But uh yes. tell you what,
1: you, you you got until Saturday the twelfth of November to cast your vote. There you go. Uh, if you've got an opinion, that that gives folks a week after this episode goes up. Yeah, but and and we'll, we'll, yeah, let we'll us call know. Cut off
0: whatever fun idea. And again, even if it's like, hey, here's this balsa plane. I think if we could find a way to make it foam board, and I know a guy. I'm looking at myself and I'm also looking at Dan, um, that are the, you know, we're good at the, uh, there's, we're not the only people in our community that are good at taking ideas like and turning them into simple phone board planes that mm-hmm. other people might be able to enjoy. And I, I that's the kind of challenge I love. So um, yeah, if you've got ideas that you're like, well, I'd love to see this as foam board. And I think, and everybody's like, yeah, if we could make that phone board, I'd be in. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. But in the meantime, right now, that's the forerunner. Uh, take a look at it. If you have an idea as to what a noob wonder might look like, um, we're up We're up for ideas. Uh, Joe and I have a couple, but we'd love to see if other people have different ideas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, we'll go from there. So, looking forward to it. You have some aviation history. Is that true, Joe?
1: I do. Just a little bit. Um, which is fine, because it always seems like the history segment goes on longer than I think it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then the first half of this episode has gone on longer than I thought it would. So, what is going on on my computer screen right now? I don't know. It's, oh, I see what happened. Never mind.
0: Stop pressing the buttons. Well, (laughs) no. So, okay,
1: real quick. But my my graphics card can support multiple, multiple monitors. So, I've got a three-screen setup. And it is possible for my graphics card to virtualize these three monitors as one extend, like, not just the extends the desktop, but it will treat all three as a single monitor.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And so applications can spread across them. And I thought it's gotcha. because of the way that my web browsers are on both screens, that somehow uh, it was treating two of my screens as one and the other one as its own. It, it was weird. Anyway.
0: Okay. Unrelated. So,
1: yeah. um aviation history uh brief on this and then um i'll give a caveat at the end do you know a fella by the name of sir george cayley
0: Mm -mm.
1: should
0: i I? no you're like no but i want to talk about a different guy (laughs)
1: yeah actually the real star of the show is going to be his um was it his uh carriageman
0: okay what era are we talking about so
1: this guy okay sir george cayley uh was born 1773 whoa yeah what the heck joe what are we doing back there uh, born 1773, died 1854. How, how do you spell Kaylee? Uh, Charlie, Alpha, Yankee, Lima, Echo, Yankee. Okay. Okay. Um, He was an English pioneer of aerial navigation and aeronautical engineering. Mm-hmm. And uh, is claimed with the first successful glider to carry uh, a human being aloft nice. so it seems that we've done a couple glider episodes
0: but yeah. it
1: might be uh appropriate to look into glider history Excellent. um that said there's always so much on this um well i
0: mean it's yeah. from it feels like antiquity i know it's not antiquity that's not really fair
1: well so there are other people who continued his work uh it talked about read about him and studied him so it seemed it sounds like there might be more out there yeah but also i had co-workers in town for the last week and we had a department fun day that's, yesterday that's so
0: no I excuse Farm, i didn't do any fun should
1: never get in the way of this <laughs> <laughs> but we went axe throwing and stuff so. yeah um apparently he was fascinated with flight since childhood he conducted a variety of tests and experiments um I believe he is uh, attributed <clears throat> with um, coming up with the idea or the the forces of flight that is thrust, drag, weight, and lift. Oh. Uh, he was he was the one that, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, sort of defined those um, and began looking into how they. Uh, how they impacted the plane or the, the idea of flight. And then, um, specifically like it, within that, then was the idea of powered flight. So the idea perhaps was there because again, he's talking thrust. Just, they hadn't pulled it off yet. Um, do his you, most, imp- go ahead. I was going to say his most important discoveries included the advantages of streamlining, Uh, the means of obtaining longitudinal and lateral stability. Okay. Um, Elements of wing design, thoughts on biplane and multi-wing, the use of rudders and elevators for control. Um, He designed a variety of aircraft, including helicopters, airships, and fixed-wing machines, which is weird. (laughs) Uh, He's attributed with establishing the modern configuration of the fixed-wing flying aircraft um, with separate systems for lift, propulsion, and control as early as 1799. It says, yep. see the silver disc machine. I did not see that link earlier. Or I'd have clicked it, so I'll have to have a look at that um, after we finish um, up everything. I
0: think uh, no, that's an aerial carriage. It's a little different, although it might be the same. <laughs> See, now, now, now you got me clicking on it. Okay, I'm gonna also put a link here to what I found, which was just a, an article on him, um, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna, but we can talk about one of his uh, earlier flight stories. I guess that, um, I, I posted an image here. It's basically like a, almost like a kite, like a con- okay. somewhat controllable kite. Apparently, that was one of his first successes. Um, anyway go ahead keep keep on it says in
1: 1804 he flew the first successful glider model of which there is any record and uh 1853 um uh, the completion of a full-scale glider that carried uh quote his reluctant coachman on the first manned uh glider flight on record yes so i guess he said hey Get in there. <laughs> yeah. So it's this, uh, the
0: image I have here. And it said, according to the count of his uh, his granddaughter, uh, the somewhat reluctant passenger was a coachman, John Appleby. And he basically took his place in this little boat-like carriage slung underneath this, what looks like a big kite wing. Uh, the glider was launched and then drawn by galloping horses, or at least a galloping horse and in flight. Oh, okay. That probably only took seconds um, yeah, it must have felt, <laughs> must have felt like ours to the poor terrified coachman. Uh, the machine flew 900 feet across the valley, and it was first recorded. There was the first recorded flight of a fixed-wing aircraft carrying an adult.
1: And the original material I saw on that said that it uh, glided across the, the valley and then crashed. Um, yeah. So I hope he's okay. Right? hope he, he survived was, it, right? Was okay? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I so, mean, that's, but that's history. That's, that's big history. Um, so people have been trying to fly for a long, long time,
1: right? So, um, in reading this, uh, this work inspired others who came after, uh, Otto, Otto Lilienthal mm-hmm. of Germany, um, you know, kind of following those steps, uh, Octave Chanute, uh, the Wright brothers would draw. Uh, mm-hmm. inspiration off of him. So Yeah,
0: remember, I mean they they built and flew many gliders before they even thought about trying to motorize it and put controls in it.
1: Right. And really a lot of the issues so during this guy's time, he was already during this guy's and like the next generation behind him, mm-hmm. they were they were figuring out the wing designs and they were already dealing with the undercambered wings at that point. Right, and seeing the amount of lift that it generated, so they were already playing with the wing styles, and they were playing with the control surfaces and how to how to steer the planes and do the thing, um, you know, and the advantages Mm -hmm. and disadvantages of each. So a lot of this was, you know, a lot of this was, you know, being built upon, being built upon, being built upon, and it's just sort of like the the perfect everything coming together. Not not taking away from the Wright brothers, but. No, you know, growing growing up, it was definitely, but uh, this you know, idea that the Wright brothers just came out of nowhere and invented a plane. You
0: no, know I mean? yeah, they planes had been around for now clearly a hundred years,
1: right, or more. So, yeah, was, well, at least the idea and the work on them. Mm-hmm. So, definitely. anyway, so my original plan was to next episode continue glider history. Love uh, it. and go into the next, if you will, generation behind, yeah. uh, behind, uh, Kaylee. Yeah. But, uh, given that I'll be doing the, uh, one of the six motor bombers next episode, we will continue this conversation in two episodes. Sounds good. I so love it. You already know what's coming for the next two episodes. Cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Great. Which also means you're off the hook for the next month and a half. Mo- somewhat, <laughs> yeah. I still well,
0: gotta, I still gotta do stuff and build stuff and like continue but I mean, my as far excitement. As the history segment goes. I appreciate that. Thank you. Remember, I, I'm, I'm catching up. Look, on. I'll tell oh. you what. I keep, I keep urging you to join in and do those because every time you come up with something, I'm like, dude, that was great. I, I wouldn't <laughs> have gone that direction at all. That's awesome. So I'm I'm excited that you came up with this one, and I'm looking forward to the next couple. So great! Uh, if there's anything you need help with, by all means, let me know. But I, clearly, you got this taken care of.
1: Well, you know the secret to that uh, that recipe, right? Uh, you don't have to give away the secret sauce. Not yet.
0: Desperation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is the mother of invention, is it not?
1: I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> Quick Google, save me. Yeah. Well, no. Good. Good work. Yeah. Cool. So, multi-motors, talk to me.
0: Yeah, so let's, let's talk about um one of the, I guess, why would you choose two motors, right? Um, why would you want two motors on a plane? Um, so, you basically, essentially have either, there's, there's a couple ways to set them up, like you have two or more, but we'll talk about two, and then you can extrapolate this out to however many motors you have. Um and I've seen a guy put together this Goose, which has 8 motors and he had 8 individual power pods with 8 batteries and so 8 complete power setups in each pod like each nacelle. So that's uh that's one way to call this a solution. So um you can set up two motors. Usually you want two motors because it's a scale model and a lot of planes had twin motors. Um and there's a reason why you have those, right? Um, either you need extra speed or extra, extra, yeah, extra speed. And usually it gives you the extra thrust to give you extra lift. Um, And for the mission of a plane, that might be what you need to get you into the, into the mission parameters that you need.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, remember the, uh, I believe it was P-38 lightning. That mm -hmm. was the reason it was a dual, uh, dual motor craft.
0: Yeah. It needed extra speed to be able to compete with some of the, some of the uh, competing aircraft that it was against. Um, and so that's it. So you need extra thrust or you need extra lift or you need extra speed that goes with that thrust. Um, one of the other advantages of having, and these are the pros and we'll talk about the cons in a minute, um, is that you'll have counter rotating. So basically they will be going in opposite directions. And the benefit of that is you have in a single engine plane is that you'll have a gyroscopic precession, which, which, Essentially, um, pulls a force ninety degrees to the to the disc of rotation, which ends up being a, basically a left yawing force um, for a single action or a single engine. So when you spin it the other way um, on the other side, they actually the, the yawing forces cancel each other out and actually has no um, no yawing tendencies at all, um, which can be you know uh, that actually makes the flight characteristics of the plane a little bit simpler and easier. Um it also allow- allows for scale operations. So basically, if you're trying to make a scale plane and had two engines, obviously you want to you can make it so that one engine is active and the other one is essentially a dummy where you basically have a spinner that doesn't it's not connected to anything, it's just a shaft with a with a motor attached essentially. Mm-hmm. Um and you could do it that way if you wanted, because then it looked like there's two, but I mean, really what you want is try to get the extra thrust in there. Um One of the things that's nice about having two thrusts is that you have a yawing yaw control through the difference in thrust values. So you can actually control how much thrust goes into each motor so that you can actually have um, a controlled yawing action that way without having any rudder. Um, Matter of fact, I've built some planes where I didn't have a rudder uh, at all and I, I didn't put a rudder control in. But what I did was I had two motors and that was my yaw control. Um, so let's see, uh, another thing is that you can actually for increased yaw control for planes that might be, um, sluggish in yaw, you can, um, use thrust, the different difference and th- we call it differential thrust, but basically the difference in the thrust values to couple alongside the actual rudder value. So basically you, you, you turn the rudder and it also increases or decreases or a combination, uh, of the, the, the speed of each of the motors, right? And we'll talk about that in more detail in a second. Um, uh, you can also, um, one of the benefits of having two motors is that you can then set up um, your motor to have a little bit more complexity for different flight char- characteristics where you can have a switch where um, the s- zero setup or, or the, the default setup is, um, it's a slave scenario where basically both motors run up with whatever the throttle value is. They're both tied to the throttle. <clears throat> um, and then you can kind of do uh, The second stage would be it's tied to the rudder, but only gently. Right. So you have a little, a little yaw, um, boost kind of, mm-hmm. uh, with that, or you could basically pop it to full tilt and then you've got basically a big flat spin monster and you just kick it, kick it over to one side of the other with the rudder and you have one thrust literally, especially even if you have a reversing ESC, you can literally turn that motor backwards oh, and produce man. negative thrust on one and positive thrust on the other and really get that guy spinning. You have a centrifuge up there. <laughs> but, I mean, most of the time oh, you don't your, need your, that.
1: Your mix curve would have to be I'll so be ridiculous. It would be so ridiculous. <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway, but most of the time you basically, what you do is you, you almost cut the throttle on one engine and you only have the throttle on the other coupled with the rudder you're going to have serious uh, serious spin. So you basically spin it um, in the air like a pancake or like a pizza. Um, and then you can also, by having two motors, you can use more efficient motors because you don't need to you know, pin the thrust value on one motor to make it fly the way you want. You can actually ease back on the two motors. You can actually have smaller motors, maybe have smaller propellers, and you can have maybe a more uh, efficient design than... Than having one, I think that's oftentimes why they were selected. Um, the reason why you had multiple motors on some of the bombers was because it was more efficient to have more than one motor than it was to have one big giant motor and one big giant prop. Um, but with these come some cons, right? Some some bad tendencies that you may not want. Um, one, with more motors comes extra weight, especially if uh, you're having a separate battery for every motor setup. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: now what you can also do is you can also have a parallel running from the battery so that the one battery is powering both motors. So that <clears throat> that'll add some complexity. Um you'll also though have twice the battery draw as you would for one motor probably. Um assuming that they both draw about the same as they they would from with two motors as they would from one. Um even if they didn't, typically you end up having a little bit more energy draw out of the two motors. Um you also have to worry about motor syncing. So if if each motor ESC is not reading the throttle value limits when you when your when your transmitter sends the throttle value if they're not set at the same values you're going to have different speeds and mm-hmm. it'll never fly straight not easily. You'll have to do a lot of crazy trimming. So it's really important that you have your motors all synced and I think that's the issue that I had with my Hercules. Or with my, um, uh, why am I blank on it now? The spruce goose. Yeah, the spruce,
1: it's the spruce Gosling, because it's little. It's only six I, feet. I mean, i th- I thought you, I thought you paired those and synced them in all like multiple times. I did.
0: Doesn't necessarily mean that it worked out. I again, something was off with them. Um, we'll get into that later, maybe. Um, because that is still the conundrum. It certainly this episode makes me want to go back and just check it again. Again, if I get to a spot where um, I'm not worrying about a uh, full time worrying about a job, I will probably pull that out and see what I can do one day. <laughs> uh, and I hope that that day's coming pretty quick. So that'll be good. Um, let's see. Uh, it's a more complex setup, right? Instead of dealing with one motor, one battery, one set of connection failure points, right? You now have two. You have twice as many. Uh, and anything could happen. Maybe there's another soldering joint that now that's another option, another possible spot where maybe there's bad soldering that could cause an issue. Um, so that's one of the concerns. Uh, it also takes up an additional channel on your uh, receiver. So if you've got a six channel receiver and you have gears and you have flaps, Oh no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of stuff now. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you're not, why connecting, uh, where basically your throttle channel sends out signal to the same ESCs or to each of the ESCs, the same signal. Um, that's what, what you're going to end up hap- having is that you, you need to have separate channel if you want to do differential thrust because they have to get different values um, based on your inputs from the transmitter. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise you only have one throttle control that controls both. So you you don't have to have one extra channel, but it typically, if you're going to do any differential or any mixing of any sort, you're probably going to need an extra channel. Also, um, it's, you know, twice the components. So that's twice the cost for the power systems. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more to keep track of. So some people are like, well, I could have two planes running for the, (laughs) you know, for the setup I've got on this twin engine, you know, it's like, why do I have, I'd rather have two planes. So that's one of the things you you might be giving up, uh, especially if your, your power pod, uh, quantity is limited, maybe like, well, I, and they, they also need to be matched. Um, you really can't pull two different motors together and hope to get the same values of thrust and all that stuff out of the, out of the system. So that, that's one of the other draw, uh, drawbacks is that they have to be identical or close to mm-hmm. it, you know? So it, so there are things to consider, right? Um, Let's see. So, uh, let's see. We want to talk about, so one of the ways to get, how do you get this is uh, one of the ways you can do it if you're just doing straight, you know, straight, just one throttle controlling two motor setups, you're going to want to either do a Y harness from your, your throttle channel, or you slave the second motor that's on a different channel in your controller to uh, either the throttle channel or the throttle stick value. And you basically hook them up to the same input that you're getting, so that way they they're sending the same value from your transmitter to each of the ESCs. Um,
1: okay.
0: Uh, let's see. And and with any of that stuff, you want to make sure that your that the ESCs are reading that throttle value limits identically. So the way to do that, and I'll, I'll cover that now. We we covered it in the ESC episode. Um, and I think we covered it in maybe the motor setup episode because it becomes important. I know we talked way back when we were talking about the uh, spruce gossling because we did. I don't know what episode that was. But if you go back and find that episode, um, we definitely cover this and, and how we did it. But let's cover it again, because if you are about to embark in your, uh, a multi-motor um, plane setup, you're gonna to wanna to know how to do this. We'll send you a link, this is to Motion RC. This is just general ESC calibration. But basically, you power up your system, you have your battery connected, you have your receiver connected, your transmitter is on and powered. Um, and so everything's kind of connected and reading. So basically, you know that your transmitter's signal is getting into the plane and motor setup. Um, then you take the power off, uh, you disconnect the battery, you make sure the plane is braced, just in case, or you take the, more importantly, you take the props off. But I always like to brace it just in case something goes. I don't know, like maybe I got silly and decided to put them on and I forgot about it and I start plugging in batteries and the, the bird starts taking off. You always want to have it facing uh-huh. away from you and away from people. Uh, if for some reason you are having a prop on it, just be careful and be aware that these things spin. They're basically spinning knives so they could hurt. Um, all right. That said, place the bird, uh, facing away from you. Uh, so, uh, then you set up the, you set the transmitter, you, you unplug the battery. Like I said, you set the transmitter throttle up to a hundred percent. And what that does is when you're, cause the next step is to plug the battery back in. What that does is when you plug it in and the throttle is at a hundred percent in almost every ESC programming setup as a, as I know it, um, is it tells the transmitter that you want to get into the setup menu. Okay. And so I will make the, uh, the asterisk of consult your ESC manual and your transmitter manual for all the exact setups for this stuff. But, um, generally speaking, uh, I have yet to see it be different. Um, so, uh, you have the throttle to hundred percent, you plug the battery in, um, then you'll hear the ESC, do a, its normal beep tones, but it will not go all the way. Um, it'll just basically confirm that it's receiving power and that maybe the RX is being received, but it will not do its normal. Um, it will not go anything past that. You'll be at least missing the last two beeps at the end. The boo beep. Um, so. What, what it'll end up doing is actually elicit like a, a, like a constant beeping tone. It's just like beep, beep, beep. And what it's telling you is that we're in menu mode. Mm-hmm. So what is it you're trying to do? And usually the first first setting in all the menus is um, uh, throttle range calibration. And so what you do is now it's it's already seeing at, at 100%. You drop it down to zero. You'll hear a set of tones, uh, beep, boop, boop, beep and then you'll and now you should be recalibrated uh, sometimes i've seen it where you have to go back up to the 100% range so basically that first setup where you have it at a 100 was just saying hey we're now in the selection thing when you go down to zero saying okay now that's your bottom range and then you go back up to 100 and it says okay that's your top and now the calibration's set and it'll make a couple extra beeps at the end of that a- acknowledging that that setup is now complete um, mm-hmm. usually what I do at that point is I pull out the battery and I replug it back in with the throttle down at zero, and then it should go through the ESC power-up, um, beeping setup. It'll go through acknowledging that the RX is there, that the, the power cell count is accurate, that it's receiving a uh, signal, and then it'll tell you that it's all ready to go with that last little set of beeps. Um, and at that point, you should be ready to go. Um, so now that now that the throttle calibration, so now when you move the stick up just a little bit so it starts to actually spin the motor, they should be both spinning at that point. Um, and if you bring it up, they should be throttling up at about the same rate. They, they should, you should be able to tell that they're at least close. Um, okay. You may not be able to tell exactly. you probably get a tachometer out. Where there's like a phone app that you could do a tachometer and and measure how fast it's spinning. But generally speaking, you don't really need to do that. Uh, Then the other thing you need to check with two motor setups or anything more than one is you need to check the what direction the motors are going. Um, Typically, if you are all if they're all going the same thing, same direction, you're all going to have, you're going to have the gyroscopic precession is going to be a big issue for your plane. <laughs> so the idea of having two is so that you can cancel them out and that you don't have an issue. So you want to make sure those motors are in fact spinning the opposite direction. So usually what I do is I take a piece of painter's tape, uh, attach it to the motor shaft, because you've removed your propeller, um, and then you watch it spin. And if you need to, you can put, uh, put your hand in where the, the end of the tape is spinning around, and it should be hitting one side, right? Your left or your right, and then go to the other side, and it should be hitting the opposite side of your finger. And as long as they're doing that, you're good. If they're hitting the same side, then one of those needs to be switched. And then that, that's a that's basically pulling the motor wires. Uh, two, take two of the motor wires and flip them and replug them back into the ESC. Um, that's always after you power down, you do that switch, you plug it back in, let the ESCs recalibrate. And then you do uh, not recalibrate, but basically, you know, go through their setup and then you pull the stick up and then you just check it again. As long as they're going the, the opposite directions, you're in good shape. Now I can't tell you um, if going outward versus inward, I don't know which is better. But ultimately, you're going to want to fit the correct propeller for the direction that they're spinning. You might want to note if they're spinning inward and put the propeller uh, according to that one on that side. Otherwise, they'll be okay. going the wrong way, <laughs> and you'll be you'll be going backwards instead of forward. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Uh, so once those, there's all set. So now you've got motors that are the throttles calibrated. So they're, they're working in tandem and they're working together. I should say, um, and you've got, they're spinning the correct direction, which is opposite of each other. Uh, now really the next thing is you want to figure out how you want to set it up in your transmitter. And so essentially what you're going to do is you're going to say this throttle stick input is going to be pushed to the throttle channel, which is usually where motor number one is, and then the second motor goes to wherever you can. Ultimately, with most of the modern transmitters, you can you can really set it up however you want. But this is typically yeah. how it's set up. You know, um, in AETR setups, the throttle is the third channel. Um, so the throttle is the third, and then usually set up uh, either the fifth or sixth channel as your second motor, and then you also slave that throttle stick to the fifth as well. Um, but you can also mix in a rudder and say, hey, 10%, I want to change the throttle 10% plus or minus, no matter w- if I want my stick left or stick right. And what you do is, and, and there's a couple philosophies, right? So you can have it so that way the outer motor always spins up. So when you move your rudder to, let's say, the right, the rightmost throttle range goes up by whatever percent you want to add. And what that does is it actually will go up to like 120% of the throttle range. So it'll push extra stuff through your motor and through your ESC on the outboard side. Okay. Can you go past 100%? You can, technically, a little bit. And what that okay. does is if you're already at the max, running it at that, that extra speed or that extra um, current going through the ESC, could cause them to overheat. So I like to do it these, this other way, which is basically having the in inboard motor, whatever direction you're turning, actually reduces the throttle by that same percentage. And if you want to have a less percentage difference, and ultimately, let's say you want a t- 20% difference between the outboard and inboard motors, right? Um, you could also set it up where each of them has a 10% difference. One adds and the other subtracts. And so it's actually a less... It's a smaller difference around that center point of throttle, but, um, you're getting more on the outboard and less on the inboard, let's say in your turn. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, well, and I've done that and that actually works pretty good. Uh, Cause again, you're actually altering the individual throttles less. Right. In, in each and motor setup. But I prefer, I, was- I prefer the reduction on the one side than actually adding to the outside
1: well now there's a caveat to, to that statement as I think Yankee was asking my experience with the sea duck mm-hmm, yeah which was all of all of about just a few minutes on the water and about 30 seconds in the air um, when I was taxiing on the water with a water plane uh doing a subtractive mix only mm-hmm would have made it difficult because I would have had to throttle up and turn with the um, roll mm-hmm. in order to get my motors to do anything because I had a right. differential thrust setup but when I was just floating on the water I could push the sticks you know just left the rudder and right, yeah. and, right. and and oh, so, yeah. rudder yeah. yeah not 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 roll but rudder so for the y'all and that mm-hmm. would because I had additive thrust mixed in Right. So do that allowed you to do water taxi.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. That got you some water taxi um, cap- cap- uh, capability. So I guess the capability. reason. Capability. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I-, I guess that's the reason why I like subtractive is because I can, I've done this where I'm moving the plane around and I accidentally hit the rudder. And what I don't want is a, one of the propellers to accidentally spin up. If I'm moving the rudder around by accident, right, which shouldn't happen, but, I mean, let's say it does, what I don't want to do is have the whole thing, you know, the one side just start up on me and and may not be ready for it. By having them being subtractive, no matter what I'm doing, it's not going to accidentally start up. But I can understand you wanting to make sure that, hey, I don't want to start throttling up. I just want to taxi around. I want to have a little bit of rudder authority. Um, You know what
1: also helps when not accidentally – Causing your motors to come to life? What? A throttle kill switch.
0: Let's not talk about that. That's really sensible. I mean, yeah, you
1: you <laughs> uh, just flip yeah. a switch and it overrides the channels. I see. Did I write that in there?
0: No, I should have, though. Yeah, you should always have a rotor kill switch.
1: So, you know, you set a it up however you want. Throttle kill switch. Throttle kill switch. What did I say?
0: Motor Router kill switch. Motor kill
1: switch. Okay. Yeah. So the throttle kill switch, and I know I've talked about them before because I like them. I don't always set them up, but I just have a switch that is, say, a master arm. And when I have it, it by default, when you turn the transmitter on and all the switches are in the positions they need to be to be on, that is the throttle kill, and that sets any motor channels. If I most time only have one, but in the case of Sea Duck, I had two it would mm-hmm. set motor channels. You would override them to a absolute you know, lowest number. Mm-hmm. So even if I did add it, yep. you know, the additive, the additive would not kick in because the channel is being overridden. Gotcha.
0: Yep. Uh, and that's important. You want to check that and double check it before you start putting that out on the water. You know what I mean? Or put it out on wherever you want. Um, you you want to make sure that the throttle kill is in fact killing the throttle, even with full rudder deflection. That it's not somehow setting it to zero, but then you add ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one starts setting it up. It's like, oh no! Um, but yeah, just double check it. That's easy enough to do. Let's um, see. So yeah, I, I mean, that's that's essentially let's uh, like the core on how to set it up and and ways philosophies on how to get it set up right. You know. Um, which way do you want to go? I don't know. I like to have multiple switch, like the switch that's going to allow you to basically turn on and off the differential. Cause I like differential. I think it's fun to have. And it actually, um, it gives you more options in the air. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, also if you want more than two motors, You know, this essentially applies to as many motors as you want. Um, You can, I've done with the Spruce Goose, I had like the outer two motors were Y connected and they were essentially my left motor, the two of them. And the two on the outboard right were my right motor and the center four were like the middle throttle. Like, so they were connected to just general throttle. And so the outboard two were connected to the rudder plus and minus as adjustments to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way there's at least some yaw control with all eight motors. <laughs> um, not that it needed much. I mean, really the rudder itself had enough control in it. So anyway, well, um, yeah, so my experience has been this, I've done a couple of these multimotor setups and other than the spruce goose, well, they've gone pretty well and that they've, they've added ground control capacity you know, having a couple extra motors really made a big difference. Um, in in how to, how to get around on the ground. Um, having more than one motor was nice to have the additional thrust, especially if you're like me, like sometimes I like to belly land, but I do like to be able to take off from the ground too. Right. Um, so as long as your props aren't kind of touching the grass, you can just belly land and like scoot across the grass and take off again. <laughs> nice. Um, and so having the extra motor, uh, rust actually helps with that. Um, as a matter of fact, that's what I do with the, um, with the dragon. Uh, the Dollar Tree foam board dragon. That was a kitty you needed to go. Uh, <laughs> Need to leave the room. Please leave me. Let me leave.
1: Boom, boom,
0: boom, boom, boom. You, mm-hmm. you would have thought he was a, a pro boxer going at that door. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, so yeah. um, I mean, wh- where do you think, do you, do you like, do you get excited about putting extra stuff in there? Or would you rather have the simplicity of just like, I'm going to put a power pod with all the stuff in there. And all I'm doing is just connecting the ESC controller in and that's it. Or do you like to have like the power split? That's the other thing is like, you're going to use the battery more battery. So you want to have a bigger battery to feed all the motors. Right. Or would you rather have a a million batteries?
1: I don't know. I've always had sea duck and I had, I had in the air for less than a minute. So I like the idea of it. Well, yeah. I mean, what would you, what would you, if you, if you think like, Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um,
0: I know with, uh, with the, Spruce Goose with eight motors. I had a power distribution board, so I had main <laughs> battery board, main battery power going to two different distribution boards, one left, one right, and then they split out into four different power outages. Mm-hmm. And then each ESC was connected individually to. Actually, they they got you know, put together, but they could have gone individually to each channel. I think I, 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 that was my next step was to bring on, bring out the big 10 channel receiver and put one motor in each channel and then reconfigure the, the transmitter setup.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I think for now I'm just going to stick with single motors. Okay. Well, like if what? I, if I get back into a multi, a multimotor, great. I'm just not, looking to jump headfirst into it right now.
0: Well, how about this? What plane do you think would inspire you to get more than one motor? Like for me, Spitfire, or not Spitfire, uh, the Lightning, P38 Lightning. When I build that, I'm excited. Matter of fact, I built it. I bought a couple motors specifically so that I can put them in that that plane.
1: Um, if I was to have gotten the Duck Speed Build Kit again this past year, But having yeah, that I'd be I'd be down to build it again. the The problem that I have with the Sea Duck and possibly doing it again is that because of the way that is built, in a way it's wired. When you wire it up, like those motors were not retrievable, without gutting that plane.
0: Yeah, but you you can you can build power pod setups in there, can't you?
1: The, I guess so it's not power, built in that way, right? Yeah, the power pod setups. Do you remember the Corsairs power pod? Yeah, you know, it was just like this sort of little insert. Yeah, that's about all the C Ducks was. Oh, was. Okay, so cells, it's a short, and then yeah, these little short things that pushed in. So your the power coming to the ESC and the communication line coming to the ESC were running along the wing spar, and your ESC was inside the nacelle. It, it was just a really tight fit and trying to get stuff pulled out and maybe I could have done it if, I don't know. It was, it was a tight fit. It was not the most convenient thing to try to get into and mm-hmm. in try, in getting my, mo, in getting my CPAC motors for flight fest out of the sea duck I ripped that sea duck to pieces, so. All right.
0: Yeah, that was, I mean, that was disappointed pointing to uh C. <laughs> I understand it. Yeah. Though. Well, you know, you're like, well, that plane is kind of done. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to rebuild this this way. Uh, I might do it some other way, but it's not going to, it's not going to come from this base. So yeah, I got it. All right. Um, yeah. Like I said, you know, just, I don't know if you're a listener and want to tell us what, uh, what motor, if you had a twin setup or if you do have a twin motor set which, uh, which model do you plan on putting it in next? Or what, what one would inspire you to get an extra motor that matches one you have so that you can build it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Because there there's some, there's some beautiful planes out there. And most of mm-hmm. them don't need it. I mean, look, I still want to build the flying submarine. And that's a three-motor job. But basically, the outboard motors are twins, right? So they get set mm-hmm. up that same way. And we just have a center motor that I don't, I don't know really what it's there for except... The, the plane's got to be heavy and cumbersome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nope. All right. Well, I mean, that, that's really the topic. If, uh I don't know, if you have any other topic ideas that you'd like us to cover, we're open to to hear the suggestions. Sometimes it fits in like this one of Dovetail's in pretty nice. And we're, we're talking about the end of one subject, like gliders. Uh I think if Joe and I start moving into, I'll call it the other, the next type of gliding, which is discus launch gliders. That's certainly something on the, on the plate for us, uh, in the future, but it may be a little bit. Um, we also have balsa on our table. So as we move into that, we'll probably talk about it more.
1: Um, we keep saying that we're going to do it. It's just neither one of us have I've got had had the opportunity to make that jump yet. I know you've got the ball, so
0: I've got kits. I've got kits galore. And I just. I just I don't know what's stopping me, really. It's <laughs> no good reason. Time. Um, time. Time, time is some of it. But I mean, I could clear off my build table here and probably put a pink block of foam that I have in the garage and start working on the foam model and just see how that goes. Um, what I really should do. Foam is where your enjoyment's at right now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, quick and easy, and up in the air is always fun. I was, yeah, I was having that debate with somebody recently, and not yeah. really a debate as much as a conversation about well, we, why, why foam over balsa, why not make the switch, why stick with foam. Would
0: well, you, do and, you want to talk about that briefly, like what what the discussion was about? I know you and I had that almost the same discussion. Probably because it was it was you were having the the discussion on the balsa end, I guess, with your friend, right? Yeah,
1: basically, I brought the conversation to you. And I was like, "Why?" Yeah, why, <laughs> why foam, right? Yeah, but once you and I started talking, like a lot of it came to me as, "Oh, yeah, this is why you know I stick with foam," and right. a lot of honestly, a lot of it does come down to cost. Mm-hmm. You know, like while there's a lot of time and while there's different techniques and different things you have to do to get the strength that you need mm-hmm. out of it. At the end of the day if I like any time I doink that Spitfire, it's three dollars in foam. Mm-hmm. Done. Like And then an evening. Like e well Or or couple, three. Yeah, like <laughs> a month for me. Well okay. Um you know, but still like I don't this I doink the Spitfire. I'm out three bucks. Um and if I would, if I end up doing a a Balsa Spitfire, is like it's, it's I, I could I could dump any of them, and is what what's the, what's going to hurt me more, is what it sort of keeps boiling down to right now. Right,
0: right. Well, I mean, morale is an important piece to this, right? How often do you keep coming back to the hobby? Well, if your morale doesn't sink too low, pretty often. If mm-hmm. uh, if it gets crushed every time you throw a plane into the ground by accident, you're gonna you know it's gonna be harder and harder to come to, and obviously that's kind of why we do what we do with you know with our Discord group and all that stuff and making sure we have a community to support everybody that we can support each other, as we you know when we, when we see a picture somebody's like oh it didn't it didn't land right. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's this picture of a crumpled plane. You're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, uh, or like, like for example, last build night, uh, was it last build time or, or one of the times before we had, no, I think it was last time we had speeder bike, Dave, he had a model he'd been working on. He just finished up and he's like, Hey, I'm going to take you out with me and we're going to do a maiden flight of this thing. And he told us what he was hoping it to fly. Like, he specifically made a handful of design choices and he took it out and he flew it. And, it and it matched his design choices and it flew really well. <clears throat> it wasn't like perfect, but it was, it was like, it's flying and it's doing the things I was hoping. Awesome. Kind of like, uh, you know, when I brought the Prandtl wing out the first time, once I finally right. got into there, I'm like, oh my God, it's flying. Yes, it's flying. And it's <laughs> doing the stuff. All right. <laughs> so, he yeah, he was really excited. It was really cool that he could bring us on that journey, you know, with him. So we were, we were all like behind him. And even if he crushed it, like in the ground, <laughs> we're like, Ooh, like we had all been behind it. Like, Oh, like, but I saw what it, I saw what you're aiming for. And I saw what it did. You know, we're, we're really excited. You should build another one. It was really cool. I'm actually interested to possibly, um, help him make plans or, or, you know, with him, uh, maybe doing a beta test of that model. Cause it, it flies on like other models I've ever seen. So yeah, really cool. Um, so yeah, I guess with that, maybe we should uh, kind of close out the show and and say, you know, pl- you know, join us in the Discord and and let us know your thoughts and ideas, and and we'll uh, we'll see you next time, of course, right? Yeah, I'll let um, you do the outro though. You do it better than I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's sitting there sweating, going, he's gonna steal it. He's He's going to steal it. He's going to take it. He's
1: stealing it again. I'm not. No, no, no. No, No, not at all. Well, guys, as always. I just like doing that. I know. (laughs) As always, we thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as Matthew and I have enjoyed having it. Matthew, thank you so much for uh, going over that main topic. No, no worries. Because you've had far more insight into it than I have.
0: Well, I've built a couple of them. i failed at a couple
1: of them. <laughs> well, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, uh, future topics, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know. You can reach us at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. You can reach Matthew at Matthew at aviationrcnoob.com or me, Joe at AviationRCnoob.com. You swing by the Facebook page. Oh, update on that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have been kind of busy with the, with the podcast the past couple weeks. So i uh, been doing some stuff on the website. Nothing to really ring the bell about yet because it's not all working right now. But on the Facebook, we've not made any huge announcements about it. But I've created a... We're, we're going to be a noob group instead of right. just the page.
0: Yeah. We're switching from a page to a group. It allows a little bit more interactivity um, and a couple other options. It also allows, I think Joe and I to actually
1: manage it see together when you guys put it. Yeah, yeah. Like it lets us see when something happens. Like sometimes we used to get notifications and then yeah. we weren't. And so like I know one guy, I think it was Jay Clark. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Posted something, it was like three months before I was like, Oh, there's a community tab to this <laughs> page. I know, oh, look, somebody said something. Hey, They're there's more than a picture,
0: yeah. There's like more than three tabs. Oh my gosh, this goes on for like eight or nine tabs. Look at that. This, yeah. so here's that thing that we were talking about. Look at that. All right, let's do it.
1: So, yeah, if you've been a member of the Facebook page, feel free to go to the Facebook group. Yep. Uh, we'll we go ahead appreciate- and have a updated Facebook link down in the show notes. So you guys can find that or you just search for it okay. and you'll see it as a group, not a page. Sounds Although sounds like the page still exists. Just it'll still be there. Just go to the group. Okay. Um, swing by a discord join link in the description, come hang out, uh, meet the guys here, have a chance to, you know, be involved in a community, a safe community. Mm-hmm. Um, where people just get along and support each other. Absolutely. And I think I, I had one more thing I wanted to say. See, that's what I get for going off script.
0: I know what you do. Look, uh, don't forget to, if you want to support us, you can also share it, spread the word. That's one of the things that uh, we we could use help with. Mm-hmm. Gonna, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, just, just tell one or two of your friends that you think might enjoy it. Uh, challenge them to listen to a couple episodes and not enjoy it, and maybe <laughs> <laughs> people respond to challenges usually pretty well. I know I always do. <laughs> I bet um, you
1: can't listen to three episodes.
0: I bet you can't listen to one episode and
1: not find something you enjoyed. There you go. I do remember the thing I was going to say. What's that? Oh yeah, uh, I think I think we're on the Teespring or something. Yeah, I think we set up some I'll things on
0: Teespring. Up. We'll have a link. Yeah. Go uh, check it out.
1: Whatever it is, it'll be in the description.
0: Yeah, go check it out. Uh, We've got, uh, I think, mug, shirts, and uh, hat uh, among, I think we might have something else. But uh, yeah, yeah, go take a look. A things.
1: Um, it's not much, but it's a little something. So if you want a little uh, noob swag, feel free to go have a look around. Perfect. And I think that's going to be it. Matt, if there's nothing else? Nope, that's it for me. All right, guys. We will catch y'all next time.
0: Aviation Arsenio out.
1: Bring us in from the top. Okay. Um, <laughs> you botched weird. your own exit. <laughs> I did. So bad.
0: <laughs> I'm only laughing so hard because it makes such a big deal
1: <laughs> You know, it. You know, I'm going to do it. it. Yeah, and then I like. botched it. No, that's it's just because a- I. it's like a halfway through, I'm like, oh, I should talk about that thing real quick.
0: All I can think of now is oh, starts- Cross. Tra
1: la Tra-la-la-la-la? la la, yeah. Tra la 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 la. Ha 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 ha. Tra la la la. Tra la 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 Tra la 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 You don't know that one? Nope. La
0: la 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 Okay. we're going to do something before we get into this now. Watch. We're we'll gonna do
1: this watch together.
0: So, for those fans of Nausicaa, you'll you'll know that now it'll be stuck in your head for about a week. You're welcome.
1: Your ears can rest now. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Ugh. <sighs>